Section five of the Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume Eight. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Sylvia M. B. in Washington State. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume Eight by Anonymous. Translated by Richard Francis Burton, 1821 through 1890 section five when it was the seven hundred and eighty-eighth night she pursued it hath reached me o auspicious king that when hasan the goldsmith felt love redoubled upon him he recited those lines and as he abode thus in the stress of his love distraction alone and finding none to cheer him with company behold there arose a dust-cloud from the desert wherefore he ran down and hid himself knowing that the princesses who owned the castle had returned before long the troops halted and dismounted round the palace and the seven damsels alighted and entering put off their arms and armour of war as for the youngest she stayed not to doff her weapons and gear but went straight to hasan's chamber where finding him not she sought for him till she lighted on him in one of the sleeping closets hidden feeble and thin with shrunken body and wasted bones and indeed his colour was changed and his eyes sunken in his face for lack of food and drink and for much weeping by reason of his love and longing for the young lady when she saw him in this plight she was confounded and lost her wits but presently she questioned him of his case and what had befallen him saying tell me what aileth thee o my brother that i may contrive to do away with thine affliction and i will be thy ransom whereupon he wept with sore weeping and by way of reply he began reciting lover when parted from the thing he loves has naught save weary woe and bane to bear inside is sickness outside living low his first is fancy and his last despair when his sister heard this she marvelled at his eloquence and loquent speech and his readiness at answering her in verse and said to him o my brother when didst thou fall into this thy case and what hath betided thee that i find thee speaking in song and shedding tears that throng allah upon thee o my brother and by the honest love which is between us tell me what aileth thee and discover to me thy secret nor conceal from me aught of that which hath befallen thee in our absence for my breast is straitened and my life is troubled because of thee he sighed and railed tears like rain after which he said i fear o my sister if i tell thee that thou wilt not aid me to win my wish but wilt leave me to die wretchedly in mine anguish she replied no by allah o my brother i will not abandon thee though it cost me my life so he told her all that had befallen him and that the cause of his distress and affliction was the passion he had conceived for the young lady whom he had seen when he opened the forbidden door and how he had not tasted meat nor drink for ten days past then he wept with sore weeping and recited these couplets restore my heart as twas within my breast let mine eyes sleep again then fly from me deem ye the knights have had the might to change love's vow who changeth may he never be his sister wept for his weeping and was moved to ruth for his case and pitied his strangerhood so she said to him o my brother be of good cheer and keep thine eyes cool and clear for i will venture being and risk existence to content thee and devise thee a device wherewith though it cost me my dear life and all i hold dear thou mayest get possession of her and accomplish thy desire 
if such be the will of allah almighty but i charge thee o my brother keep the matter secret from my sisterhood and discover not thy case to any one of them lest my life be lost with thy life and they questioned thee of opening the forbidden door replied to them i opened it not no never but i was troubled at heart for your absence and by my loneliness here and yearning for you and he answered yes this is the right read so he kissed her head and his heart was comforted and his bosom broadened he had been nigh upon death for excess of affright for he had gone in fear of her by reason of his having opened the door but now his life and soul returned to him then he sought of her somewhat of food and after serving it she left him and went into her sisters weeping and mourning for him they questioned her of her case and she told them how she was heavy at heart for her brother because he was sick and for ten days no food had found way into his stomach so they asked the cause of his sickness and she answered the reason was our severance from him and our leaving him desolate for these days we have been absent from him were longer to him than a thousand years and scant blame to him seeing he is a stranger and solitary and we left him alone with none to company with him or hearten his heart more by token that he is but a youth and maybe he called to mind his family and his mother who is a woman in years and bethought him that she weepeth for him all whiles of the day and watches of the night ever mourning his loss and we used to solace him with our society and divert him from thinking of her when her sisters heard these words they wept in stress of their distress for him and said wahali for allah he is not to blame then they went out to the army and dismissed it after which they went into hasan and saluted him with the salam when they saw his charms change with yellow colour and shrunken body they wept for very pity and sat by his side and comforted him and cheered him with converse relating to him all they had seen by way of the wonders and rarities and what had befallen the bridegroom with the bride they abode with him thus a whole month tendering him and caressing him with words sweeter than syrup but every day sickness was added to his sickness which when they saw they bewept him with sore weeping and the youngest wept even more than the rest at the end of this time the princesses having made up their minds to ride forth a-hunting and diverting invited their sister to accompany them but she said by allah o my sisters i cannot go forth with you whilst my brother is in this plight nor indeed till he be restored to health and there seize from him that which is with him of affliction rather will i sit with him and comfort him they thanked her for her kindness and said to her allah will requite thee all thou dost with this stranger then they left her with him in the palace and rode forth taking with them twenty days victual and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased saying her permitted say when it was the seven hundred and eighty-ninth night she resumed it hath reached me o auspicious king that the princesses mounted and rode forth a-hunting and a-birding after leaving in the palace their youngest sister sitting by hasan's side and as soon as the damsel knew that they had covered a long distance from home she went in to him and said o my brother come show me the place where thou sawest the maidens he rejoiced in her words making sure of winning his wish and replied bismillah on my head then he essayed to rise and show her the place but could not walk so she took him up in her arms holding him to her bosom between her breasts and opening the staircase door carried him to the top of the palace and he showed her the pavilion where he had seen the girls and the basin of water wherein they had bathed then she said to him 
set forth to me o my brother their case and how they came so he described to her whatso he had seen of them and especially the girl of whom he was enamoured but hearing these words she knew her and her cheeks paled and her case changed quoth he o my sister what aileth thee to wax wan and be troubled and quoth she o my brother know thou that this young lady is the daughter of a sovereign of the jann of one of the most puissant of their kings and her father had dominion over men and jinn and wizards and cohens and tribal chiefs and guards and in countries and cities and islands galore and hath immense wealth in store our father is a viceroy and one of his vassals and none can avail against him for the multitude of his many and the extent of his empire and the muchness of his monies he hath assigned to his offspring the daughters thou sawest a tract of country a whole year's journey in length and breadth a region girt about with a great river and a deep and thereto none may attain nor man nor jan he hath an army of women smiters with swords and lungers with lances five and twenty thousand in number each of whom whenas she mounteth steed and donneth battle-gear eveneth a thousand knights of the bravest moreover he hath seven daughters who in valour and prowess equal and even excel their sisters and he hath made the eldest of them the damsel whom thou sawest queen over the country aforesaid and who is the wisest of her sisters and in valour and horsemanship and craft and skill and magic excels all the folk of her dominions the girls who companied with her are the ladies of her court and guards and grandees of her empire and the plumed skins wherewith they fly are the handiwork of enchanters of the jann now an thou wouldst get possession of this queen and wed this jewel seld seen and enjoy her beauty and loveliness and grace do thou pay heed to my words and keep them in thy memory they resort to this place on the first day of every month and thou must take seat here and watch for them and when thou seest them coming hide thee near the pavilion sitting where thou mayest see them without being seen of them and beware again beware lest thou show thyself or we shall all lose our lives when they doff their dress note which is the feather suit of her whom thou lovest and take it and it only for this it is that carrieth her to her country and when thou hast mastered it thou hast mastered her and beware lest she wile thee saying o thou who hast robbed my raiment restore it to me because here am i in thine hands and at thy mercy for an thou give it to her she will kill thee and break down over us palace and pavilion and slay our sire know then thy case and how thou shalt act when her companions see that her feather suit is stolen they will take flight and leave her to thee and beware lest thou show thyself to them but wait till they have flown away and she despaireth of them whereupon do thou go into her and hail her by the hair of her head and drag her to thee which being done she will be at thy mercy and i read thee discover not to her that thou hast taken the feather suit but keep it with care for so long as thou hast it in hold she is thy prisoner and in thy power seeing that she cannot fly to her country save with it and lastly carry her down to thy chamber where she will be thine when hasan heard her words his heart became at ease his trouble ceased and affliction left him so he rose to his feet and kissing his sister's head went down from the terrace with her into the palace where they slept that night he medicined himself till morning morrowed and when the sun rose 
he sprang up and opened the staircase door and ascending to the flat roof sat there till supper-tide when his sister brought him up somewhat of meat and drink and a change of clothes and he slept and thus they continued doing day by day until the end of the month when he saw the new moon he rejoiced and began to watch for the birds and while he was thus behold up they came like lightning as soon as he espied them he hid himself where he could watch them unwatched by them and they lighted down one and all of them and putting off their clothes descended into the basin all this took place near the stead where hasan lay concealed and as soon as he caught sight of the girl he loved he arose and crept under cover little by little towards the dresses and allah veiled him so that none marked his approach for they were laughing and playing with one another till he laid hand on the dress now when they had made an end of their diversion they came forth of the basin and each of them slipped on her feather suit but the damsel he loved sought for her plumage that she might put it on but found it not whereupon she shrieked and beat her cheeks and rent her raiment her sisterhood came to her and asked what ailed her and she told them that her feather suit was missing wherefore they wept and shrieked and buffeted their faces and they were confounded wotting not the cause of this and knew not what to do presently the night overtook them and they feared to abide with her lest that which had befallen her should befall them also so they farewelled her and flying away left her alone upon the terrace roof of the palace by the pavilion basin and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased to say her permitted say when it was the seven hundred and ninetieth night she said it hath reached me o auspicious king that when hasan had carried off the girl's plumery she sought it but found it not and her sisterhood flew away leaving her alone when they were out of sight hasan gave ear to her and heard her say oh who hast taken my dress and stripped me i beseech thee to restore it to me and cover my shame so may allah never make thee taste of my tribulation but when hasan heard her speak thus with speech sweeter than syrup his love for her redoubled passion got the mastery of his reason and he had not patience to endure from her so springing up from his hiding-place he rushed upon her and laying hold of her by the hair dragged her to him and carried her down to the basement of the palace and set her in his own chamber where he threw over her a silken cloak and left her weeping and biting her hands then he shut the door upon her and going to his sister informed her how he had made prize of his lover and carried her to his sleeping-closet and there quoth he she is now sitting weeping and biting her hands when his sister heard this she rose forthright and betook herself to the chamber where she found the captive weeping and mourning so she kissed ground before her and saluted her with the salam and the young lady said to her o king's daughter do folk like you do such foul deed with the daughters of kings thou knowest that my father is a mighty sovereign and that all the liege lords of the jinn stand in awe of him and fear his majesty for that there are with him magicians and sages and cohens and satans and marids such as none may cope withal and under his hand are folk whose number none knoweth save allah how then doth it become you o daughters of kings to harbour mortal men with you and disclose to them our case and yours else how should this man a stranger come at us hasan's sister made reply o king's daughter in very sooth this human is perfect in nobleness and purposeth thee no villainy 
but he loveth thee and women were not made save for men did he not love thee had he not fallen sick for thy sake and well nigh given up the ghost for desire of thee and she told her the whole tale how hasan had seen her bathing in the basin with her attendants and fallen in love with her and none had pleased him but she for the rest were all her handmaids and none had availed to put forth a hand to her when the princess heard this she despaired of deliverance and presently hasan's sister went forth and brought her a costly dress wherein she robed her then she set before her somewhat of meat and drink and ate with her and heartened her heart and soothed her sorrows and she ceased not to speak her fair with soft and pleasant words saying have pity on him who saw thee once and became as one slain by thy love and continued to console her and caress her quoting fair says and pleasant instances but she wept till daybreak when her trouble subsided and she left shedding tears knowing that she had fallen into the net and that there was no deliverance for her then said she to hasan's sister o king's daughter with this my strangerhood and severance from my country and sisterhood which allah wrote upon my brow patience becometh me to support what my lord hath foreordained therewith the youngest princess assigned her a chamber in the palace than which there was none goodlier and ceased not to sit with her and console her and solace her heart till she was satisfied with her lot and her bosom was broadened and she laughed and there ceased from her what troubled and oppression possessed her by reason of her separation from her people and country and sisterhood and parents thereupon hasan's sister repaired to him and said arise go into her in her chamber and kiss her hands and feet so he went into her and did this and bussed her between the eyes saying o princess of fair ones and life of sprites and beholder's delight be easy of heart for i took thee only that i might be thy bondsman till the day of doom and this my sister will be thy servant for i o my lady desired not but to take thee to wife after the law of allah and the practice of his apostle and whenas thou wilt i will journey with thee to my country and carry thee to baghdad city and abide with thee there moreover i will buy thee handmaidens and negro chattels and i have a mother the best of women who will do thee service there is no goodlier land than our land everything therein is better than elsewhere and its folk are a pleasant people and bright of face now as he bespake her thus and strave to comfort her what while she answered him not a syllable lo there came a knocking at the palace gate so hasan went out to see who was at the door and found there the six princesses who had returned from hunting and birding whereat he rejoiced and went to meet them and welcomed them they wished him safety and health and he wished them the like after which they dismounted and going each to her chamber doffed their soiled clothes and donned fine linen then they came forth and demanded the game for they had taken a store of gazelles and wild cows hares and lions hyenas and others so their suite brought out some thereof for butchering keeping the rest by them in the palace and hasan girt himself and fell to slaughtering for them in due form whilst they sported and made merry joying with great joy to see him standing amongst them hale and hearty once more when they had made an end of slaughtering they sat down and addressed themselves to get ready somewhat for breaking their fast and hasan coming up to the eldest princess kissed her head and on likewise did he with the rest one after other whereupon said they to him indeed thou humblest thyself to us passing measure o our brother 
and we marvel at the excess of the affection thou showest us but allah forfend that thou shouldst do this thing which it behoveth us rather to do with thee seeing thou art a man and therefore worthier than we who are of the jinn therefore his eyes brimmed with tears and he wept sore so they said to him what causeth thee to weep indeed thou troublest our pleasant lives with thy weeping this day twould seem thou longest after thy mother and native land and things be so we will equip thee and carry thee to thy home and thy friends he replied by allah i desire not to part from you then they asked which of us hath vexed thee that thou art thus troubled but he was ashamed to say not troubleth me save love of a damsel lest they should deny and disavow him so he was silent and would tell them nothing of his case then his sister came forward and said to them he hath caught a bird from the air and would have you help him to tame her whereupon they all turned to him and cried where hath thy service every one of us and whatsoever thou seekest that will we do but tell us thy tale and conceal from us naught of thy case so he said to his sister do thou tell them for i am ashamed before them nor can i face them with these words and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased saying her permitted say end of section five recorded by sylvia m b in washington state